Hello, this is Deborah Smart, your one smart lady in publishing. I hope you can see my smile as you listen to my voice. In today's episode, we will talk with Dr. Lily Coley, founder and CEO of Community Empowerment Organization. And she also is one of the organizers of the Nationwide Prayer Network. Well, without further delay, let's listen in as Dr. Coley Smart Talks with One Smart Lady. So I want to go back and just talk a little bit about my story story. And uh, as you know, I wrote a book called My Story. And that book came about because God wanted me to talk about the tragedy of my parents. So there was a, a murder-suicide that I experienced, me and my brothers and sisters, coming up. Um, from a military father and a servant mother who was in politics. And people, and even ourselves, just couldn't believe it because we had what we called a fairy tale childhood. But unfortunately, the fairy tale childhood ended in a tragedy, but it was hard to explain to people how that came about. So, besides the obvious of being devastated, it also didn't make any sense. But somewhere in the mix of that, as we would know, God was. He's been on the throne, always will be on the throne. Thank God. He used this tragedy and, and turned it into an opportunity. And somewhere in that midst, he asked me to write a book. And I told him I was not telling nobody my business because my business is my business. And I went through that little piece with him, that little struggle, not long, but long enough. And I heard God one day say, when I kept saying, it's my business, it's my business, it's my business. He says, it's our business. I said, you know, you're right. It is our business. And I remember going to get the laptop and um, starting to write. And I got the laptop. I stopped down in the, in the couch and I just started typing. I mean, my fingers were smoking. And once I finished, I went, <sighs> I just exhaled in the chair. I'm like thinking, oh my goodness, I must really needed to get this out. So in that regard, the book came about and I was able to set it up with the, by the grace of God telling people about something similar to what I just said, how this fairy tale childhood and into a tragedy. That must have been, woo, 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 like how many years ago did I write that book? Um, quite a few years ago. I want to say about 20. I don't have the exact. Nonetheless, it's been some time. And in that time, God used that circumstance as long as well as so many other things to get me where I'm at today in 2021. So after that circumstance took place, the Lord spoke to me about getting finding my goddaughter. My goddaughter I met at church and um, she, we, she had had a similar circumstances as myself. She was separated from her parents because they both were on narcotics and she was living with a family member and that family member brought her to church. She was 11 and I was 19. I had just started what they call the ministry, the teaching ministry, and I had administration. Nonetheless, she came and her, I brought her to the church and she came to my Sunday school class where I was teaching that age group, 11 and 12. And she grabbed me and said, can you be my godmother out of nowhere? And me and her just fell in love. So we were together for a while in terms of me being her godmother, of course, and her school teacher. But then somewhere along the line, she um, <clears throat> moved and went back with her mother who was still having this problem. And I lost her. And because the way she had to go back and the aunt was being upset about the circumstance, I was not able to contact her where she was. So then 10, 15, 20 years went by and the Lord spoke to me and said, find her. Never said her name. I just saw her face. So when I found her over a series of things, 
she didn't look like the person that was in the same state that I saw her, obviously, because she was grown, but she also didn't look like the bubbly, happy person. As I was walking up on her, I could see the little girl inside of her, even though her, she was a grown woman who had looked like she had been through. So as we embraced, it was almost as if we had never missed a beat. So somewhere in the mix of there, she asked me to help her with her children, particularly her son, in this father situation, a family issue. And I went on to help her, not realizing that it was a high-profile circumstance um, that kind of got us, got me and her a little tangled up in what they call the court system. And in the court system there, I found a lot of ugly things that happen with people that are they consider not rich or can't buy their own justice, if you will. So unfortunately, with that and her son, that circumstance kind of starts shaping where God was taking me. Somewhere in the mix of that, I started to go to Princeton Seminary. I got an opportunity to go to seminary for one year. I did other college things and so forth and so on, but somewhere God wanted me to um, refresh myself. So he said, he opened that door for Princeton and he said, well, by the way, why don't you do stuff in counseling? I said, now? And he was like, yeah. So both of those doors opened. I went to Rutgers for about a year and a half and I did Princeton for a year. It was a tough two years. Nonetheless, I got through that. And in the midst of that, this case that was perpetuating on, I found myself applying those principles to this situation, even though I didn't think it was in my mind qualified because here I am trying to conquer the world, and I'm dealing with a very corrupt uh, system and, and, quite frankly, corrupt people, people who are different, people who may do things in the streets and behaviors that are very um, egregious to some, you know, in, their, in regard. So I was like, I don't want to be dealing with that, even though I don't mind doing ministry. I really don't want to deal with no drug stuff. But nonetheless, I found myself dealing with people in those categories, including my goddaughter and my godson, who had problems because you remember her mother and father were on drugs and this kind of went on in their community. So nonetheless, I found myself in these circumstances and then I just decided that either I'm going to follow God with it or I'm going to get out. And somewhere in there, I mixed, I asked him with this particular case piece, I said, look, I don't want to do this. I'm tired. Um, get somebody else, Lord, please. I really don't want to do this. I'm just tired. Because I had just finished another battle with him, uh, which, we, which he helped the Lord, meaning. And we got through that, and it was tiresome. And I just didn't want to be dealing with another uh, rumbunctious, corruption-type community thing. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you don't get out the fight until I tell you to get out of the fight. So I said, yes, sir. And I kept moving. And that's why I'm still in this fight. This fight in the community is basically about people who may not have as much money or whatever in regard to other people, similar to what the world's going through now, the same old stuff, a different category um, to some degree, but the same stuff where people are buying their way into the system. I heard about it. I, even people talked about it. Even before this stuff happened with the George Floyd and all this the last two years, this is prior to, you didn't see too much of it. You knew it was going on, but you didn't see too much. Well, I'm telling you, when you start seeing court crimes in front of your eyes and judges who are corrupt and asking you for money 
and all this kind of stuff. And because your goddaughter and godson may not be at the statue that they want them to be, they want to try to come to me and me to bargain with them so they will go away. Because for them, their lives or their purpose in the community is not meaningful. Well, I knew that wasn't from God. <clears throat> and I just made a decision that if I'm going to, like I said, do what I'm going to do for God, I'm going to do it. It's going to be all the way because that's the God that I serve. And he wouldn't expect anything less. And quite frankly, my mom either. So trying to take a bargain or take a bribe for that and get them out the picture was not something I was willing to do. So that kind of put me into another category of making, trying to make changes to the legislation, which some of us as a, have attempted to do and is doing right now, is finding out oh, what we need to do to change the system. And we understand that we need to be at the table. We got to be at the table when stuff is happening. So those are the kind of things that I'm at right now in regard to making what I consider the community better to empower the community, to believe in themselves, to work with themselves, and then when they can, to also make a change so that they can, uh, it can be long lasting. So how, for me, how that worked was, in my opinion, in which I strongly believe, my spiritual sense did it, which is why God set me up as a prayer warrior, a prayer leader, long a time before, but then a pivotal moment came in the midst of this such circumstance, about 2014, I was called to do prayer sessions uh, for a, what they call a Pentecost day. The Pentecost would be very similar to the day of Azusa that happened in California. So they were trying some of the ministers in Philadelphia area to replicate that and to get people excited about God and excited about the Pentecost and what the history of the church is all about. So I was called in to do prayer. I said, well, let's do prayer on the phone. And that prayer technology on the phone wasn't too popular back then, but they started, people said, okay. And then it went from there to where it is now. That prayer basically was just teaching people or not, or getting people to be unified in prayer. God called it unification. Now we started out with citywide prayer, nationwide prayer, but in the midst of that, whatever your ministry is and your purpose, God is, it's always for you first. So God is doing what he needs to do in you and through you and then around you. And when he does it, whenever God is in control and he's doing what he's doing and you're trying to do the best you can, he does it well. I mean, it is, it is flawless. So I just decided that I don't want to, I don't like four star. I don't like three. It's all nice, but I want five. I want the highest stars that I can get with the kingdom of God doing, giving him what he deserves and what is required to walk this walk and talk this talk. So I knew that everything about me was infused together because that's the way I believe God works. And it started to make sense. I'm hearing my mother talk about fall the law. I'm hearing about the, the prayer that God is telling me to, to, to can carry on. I'm hearing about keep the fight going, don't stop. And all these things are derived out of the relationship. The relationship I've had with God and have with God has made me who I am today to give me peace that passes all understanding, to be able to sit in the midst of madness and know that there's gladness. Because the battle's not mine. And God told me that a long time ago with certain things. If the battle ain't yours, 
It's my battle. I said, you got that right. But I know that for me, it's been tiresome in some regards. Nonetheless, when I realize that's happening, it means I sometimes need to take my hands more out of it or I need to get more into the word so that I can continue to replicate that and read that and recite that because that's what helps me. So the Lord has perpetuated um, what I consider a lifetime and a history for me to take me to where I am. Uh, I had did talk shows on television platforms when I did the book and that got me out into the national set. And in that miss, I got offers for talk shows, but it wasn't my time because God said, don't take it. I said, well, did you see what they asked? What they going to give me? And he said, don't take it. So I didn't. And I realized that in time, he was going to do what he did to so many in the biblical sense. He uh, sometimes hides you. And they said, the Lord will take you up and take, take you up and take you down. <clears throat> he do what he has to do because that's what he's good at. So I said, well, I'm going to let him work the process. It's fine with me because I'm really a private person. I don't need to be out and all this other kind of stuff anyway because you lose your privacy. So I said, I'll walk the course and I don't care how long it takes. And people was always saying, well, what, what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with that? And did God tell you this? Uh, why aren't you doing this? I said, well, God ain't bothering me about that. I ain't bothering him either. So if he want me to do something, he knew how to knock on my door and say, you know, get to stepping. So it's been that kind of relationship now where I'm at now, where the full circle has come, where I'm able to help impact the community in this particular season with legal problems and legal things of court corruptions and greed of this country. And then also to um, give people hope about the justice, that if God really told you about the fight, I'm for real now. Let's talk, let's, let's talk adult talk. It's not like, you know, what I feel, but what I know. And sometimes you got to take some time away from everything and everybody. Get your head together to pray so you can really know. And I believe God's a gentleman enough to help you help yourself not go down the wrong path. So therefore, if you know that you know that you're supposed to do this fight, then you need to see it for the long haul. Because a fight is, a, is like anything else. You plant seeds and they don't always come back right away. Because you might be planting seeds of, of, of righteousness, of truth, and of rule of law, things that should be done, constitution, where somebody else is doing money and corruption, blah, blah, blah. And those two going to clash. So somewhere along the line, you got to decide that this is what God wants you to do. Once you made that decision, then you can move forward. And what we like to do with people is pray with them if they feel that option is a part of their uh, regimen and part of their um, process. Because I have, I tell people it's a process. I have to do this over here, this over here, this over there. But prayer is part of the process. It's a spiritual sense. Because I believe that the uh, heavenly system overrides the earthly systems. I really believe that. And these are systems. And we submit to God, the system of God. And that system overrides everything. And he has a kingdom or a throne that he sits on that's righteous and judge, justice. So therefore, when he sees the wrong things happening, God is obligated to make it right. But you have to go through the process. You need to do your work. 
You need to be uh, um, diligent and you need to be, um, you need to show up. So I just been doing what I could do in that regard so that, you know, I know that what me and my godson, Ramir Sadaway, is going through, and his mother's name was Wanda Sadaway, through this legal matter, what we're going through is bigger than us. We knew that a long time ago because I said, it don't take all this for this to happen. Something else going on. So once we met, figured that out and then decided to do what we're doing now, I went to other people trying to help them with the similar things they were going through as well. And now some of them chose prayer to be a part of that piece. And that's how the prayer tied into these other th justical things because God, we're serving a just God and you're in the justice system and it's corrupt and have this problem and that problem. Of course, all judges aren't and all uh, lawyers are not, but you have a lot of ones out there, judges that were lawyers and vice versa that were abs are absolutely greedy and corrupt. So I felt like I need to do my part and what God wants me to do with that and help people become whatever they need in regard to that without getting so emotionally attached that they lose the, uh, the, the common sense of the circumstance because you can be so emotionally tied to something that you lose that. So you got to step away a little bit. So that's been one piece of it. And then uh, trying to propel that forth and tell it to the world is part of the podcast. Or and we were going to do the Teeping the Real Dr. Lil, which I knew what I was going to get to. So, but just talking to people about what that looks like and how we can help them through prayer and belief after they really know that God has spoken to them. Now, if you're not spiritual and don't know that, I'm not sure how you're going to know, but maybe you do. Whatever it is, you have to do the work and you have to be in it for the long haul because in my opinion, the enemy don't want that system to be fixed. So therefore, you're going to run into some problems and you're going to have corrupt attorneys who have no ethics and they're going to just do what they do for money and to be in a network. Nonetheless, if you have been called to do something, God will give you a specific calling so that you could um, make a difference, help make a difference in that particular season and that situation that's going through. So we want to do uh, some of those things with our youth and young adults, only a young adults college age, about what to do when you find yourself in certain circumstances and how you need to do certain things in order to keep yourself mentally stable. And they'll play a lot of mind games. They'll play a lot of stuff. And then therefore, if you're called to do it, you do it. If not, you release it and move on. So for me, that has been part of the process for of today, trying to get that married together, to do the nationwide prayer, to keep people in the regimen, the appetite, and the routine of prayer. Because we only pray five or 10 minutes um, and we keep it going. But the whole thing is to pray, keep your mouth off of certain things, don't nurse it, no rehearse it, do what God says do to the best of your ability, disperse it to God and keep moving. And just tools, spiritual tools that you can use to help you help yourself. So that's been a big part of what we've been doing with the Nationwide Prayer. And then, uh, like I say, tying it into the, what's going on right now um, and just seeing how each step or phase and that has come about in my life regarding to how I got where I'm at today. And I guess the last thing would be is what I like to do again, 
you said um, you didn't write the first book and you should have. So I'm thinking about writing the second book. And the second book will be my, um, it'll be something about my legal story. Uh, something to that regard. I am trying to work on other things to bring a platform of conversation, a healthy conversation, because I feel like I want to make a difference so that young people, young adults, and even older will feel inclusive in this country. And that even though we might have differences and disagree, you will feel good about who you are living in this country and the respect that you get or the love that you get from people. And that no matter how high somebody is or how much money they have, if you're not making an example or a difference, people ain't, they're not interested. And you're always going to have that 10% of the population that's just going to be followers because they ain't got nothing else to do. But, you know, I always tell people, consider the source. Look at who's following these folks. If you're talking about, yeah, they get 300,000 people, 300,000 ain't that really that much when you're talking about 1 billion in the country. But you're going to always have a percentage of people that's going to go off. And then some of the people that might act like they got all this, whatever they got, whether it's followers or listeners, some of them are derived in their character as fraudulent people. So I don't even put credibility on what they may have because it's make-believe. But let's just say it could be. Nonetheless, I just feel like if you are living to live again and doing what you need to do, you don't need to keep spinning nothing because you keep spinning it. Guess what? You're going to get tired and this party going to be over. It's just a matter of time. But if you're doing what's right, which is what we're trying to tell young people, going out, making an honest day's pay, being treating people the way you want to be treated, even if you're not saying you're safe, just be a decent person. Some of them said, well, I, it is not going to give me anywhere. It will get you somewhere because the way God has set this up is that you reap what you sow. God ain't got to come around and sprinkle nothing on nobody and say, you did this wrong, so you get this, you get that. No, that's the, the way the world works, the way he set it up. You reap what you just, the earth will bring it back to you. It's already baked in. It's baked in. And then there, obviously God does stuff and give you mercy and all this kind of stuff. That's what he do. But for the most part, everything is already baked in. And what you need to do is do what you can do where you are. And once you do what you can do where you are, God will take you to the place where you need to be. So I think for me now is a, a very important part of history for me because I have young men and godchildren, eight, now, eight, nine, 12 years old, who are brown-skinned boys. And we're trying to really take time to work with them, not that we wasn't doing it before. We were doing some of this stuff that they're going through now back 20 years ago in high school. When we barely had a cell phone, we would tell them certain techniques to do. And one of the main was to keep your hands up and don't say too much. And we realized some kids is different in the panic and some of the cops are wrong <clears throat> from panicking. So it's a lot of more emotions because you're dealing with a person. And I told my young people, you're still dealing with a person when you're dealing with a police officer. My brother is serving as a police officer in the city of Philadelphia has been doing it for 23 years. So there's still people. But for the most part, we're just trying now, I am at least for through the mission I think God has given me to replicate and force what we need to do for our youth and young adults to make them better citizens, better people, so that when we leave this earth or whatever's going to happen, I might not leave. I tell people I might stay around 
I might just disappear. I don't know. Because I asked the Lord about letting me be like the guy in the, in the Bible. I can't think of his name right now. Elijah, I think it is. Elisha. He didn't see death. He just got caught up. So I said to the Lord, you know, ain't no woman did that. So we need to talk about that. Maybe I need to be the first woman. So I said, I might not, should really be telling people too many people because then everybody's going to start asking them. But I was first part, maybe. So I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to trust God that I'm going to do what I've been called to do because I believe the legacy of my mother, my parents, which I love both my parents, even though it was a tragedy, and the tragedy turned into an opportunity. My God, my father did have an obsession with my mother. He had some unresolved issues. We knew our daddy. And we forgave him instantly, even though what he did was absolutely wrong. Mm -hmm. My mother would work tirelessly in the community, trying to empower the city of Philadelphia to make people's lives better. So I want to carry on both their legacy, particularly my mom, in terms of political stuff. And I'm moving in that direction. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to look, but I know God told me that he was sending me back to the Philadelphia area, which is pretty much where I'm at now, but I'll probably get back in there fully to finish the work my mother started. And I feel like all of the things that I'm doing has a piece of that pie and has taken me to the road of my destiny. So yeah, the book, the case that we're dealing with me and my godson, my goddaughter was a part of the case. She did pass away. She had bore my godson who was underage. So instead of the system doing what they're supposed to do because she was dark skinned and didn't have money, they just kind of swept it up. But then she came to me and I started helping her. Then I realized it was a pride profile. We tried to deal with that piece of it and the whole thing. But at the end of the day, it wasn't about just a child situation. And even though it was a big thing, it was more about constitution and human rights. just being treated right. So, and that was a big deal in my house. My mother told us about the rule of law. It was a rule of law in her house, a rule of law in the court, and a rule of law with Jesus. So, and they were important, all of them. So um, I think that between that and um, where I'm at now in terms of the different things that got me to that point, my education, which gave me enough, uh, I think, of infrastructure at that point in my life to really help me understand, especially going back to school for counseling and Rutgers taught me about this stuff with the marijuana and what happens with the kids when they smoke it every day and why we get these attitudes and some of them don't want to work and all the things that I needed to know because some of them I wanted to hurt. And I was doing ministry with them and doing work with them and some of them I wanted to smack. So I figured, let me, let me sit, stand back. I may be a little bit too close to this because they're getting on my nerves. But then when I went back to school, I learned some things about what it does to their brain and then I went back and told them about it, even before some of this got legalized. Nonetheless, all those things took me to where I'm at now. And now what I'm trying to do, as I said, is bring about awareness to youth and young adults, uh, even the more help people with their judicial circumstances to get technical direction and, and uh, advocate groups that want to empower them. And then sum that all up for those who are looking for prayer, want prayer and need prayer to understand the power of prayer and that God has a plan for your life. And all you have to do is walk in it. He is the only person I know that had been here from the beginning when there was no computers, when there is computers. Ain't nobody else that I know. So I say, he knows what's going to happen. <laughs> he, gonna, he knows the end from the beginning. So if you don't want him, I get it. 
but try him. Try him out for 30 days. If he don't work out, you can fire him. Let him go. But I tell him you're not going to let him go because our God is able. So I just wanted to pause because I don't want to go too, too long. But I thank God for the opportunity just to um, articulate and to be able to um, get you up to speed on what's happening with me, uh, with the whole circumstance. Well, thank you. I am so glad that I put myself on mute. Some people who I interview, they're not used to just being able to talk freely because they're used to having the, the, the people interjecting and answering questions. Right. But this is my format most times. Now, there are some times when, especially if it's someone I know very well, but your message has to be heard. You know, um, what you've taken us through is a, is a novel, starting with chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and then there's more chapters to come. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see uh, what you just laid out to us. I'm waiting for the next chapter. Very good. All right. Lily, yeah. thank you so much. Thank I you so much. This. I wish you lots of love and blessings to you and your husband. And just let me know whatever else you need. I'll be looking forward to hearing, seeing your link for the um, podcast. Yeah. As an advocacy. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's true. All right. Thank my you dear. so much. Okay. You're welcome. Take okay. care. God bless you. Thank you God so much. God bless you. Bye-bye. If you receive value and inspiration from this episode of Smart Talks with One Smart Lady, go to OneSmartLadyProductions.com, click on the resource tab, and there you will find more information about Lily Coley and her organization. Until next time, this is Deborah Smart saying, be blessed, be creative, and just right.